0: Job chapter 22, verse 21. It was the sign under which they met. On a chilly early autumn evening, light draining slowly from the sky, she stood across the street from the mission hall, taking a photograph. He stepped out of the door just as she clicked the shutter. It was a film camera, an old Holga, so she couldn't check if he'd ruined the shot or not. He spotted her immediately. He paused, and nonchalant, barely missing a beat, stepped into a pose. The cheek of it, the charm. She smiled. He shouted across to her, "Shall I go back inside?" "You can stay where you are," she said, raising the camera again. She stood waiting. He stood waiting. Any chat? She clicked, laughing. "Is this your church?" she asked. "'once he'd locked up and crossed the street. "'No, I'm just the pastor. "'It's God's church.' "'She smiled. "'You're a photographer?' "'She shook her head. "'A hobby?' she said. "'And you just photograph places of worship? "'Is there anything else?' she asked him. "'His eyes lit up,' she said later. "'The heavens declare the glory of God, "'and the firmament showeth his handiwork.' She paused, I imagine, before replying. The earth makes a sound as of sighs. She tried many times afterwards to name it. The way he looked at her opened her up. The way a farmer looks at a field he's about to plough. Are you saved? he asked her. An old woman walked past them, hand in hand with a toddler. All right, Samuel, the woman said. He nodded. I am Francis. All right, wee man. They walked on. Are you? He asked again. What is that unforgettable line? She said. If I do not love you, I shall not love. It couldn't have happened quite like this, of course. What kind of answer is that anyway? And she wasn't saved. The blood of Christ was foreign to her. Not like Samuel Orr. And yet, and yet... Orr stood in Cornmarket, a small circle at the centre of five of Belfast's main thoroughfares. The roads led in different directions, not only geographically, but to different times, contrasting expectations. It was 2012, and a tentative peace was slowly beginning to transform the city. The area hived with Goths and skateboarders, Teenagers trying out identities off the peg, ready to run. Pick one road and the Victoria Square Mall loomed large. A cathedral of money, with priests and prophetesses and all the incense and iconry your weak heart could handle. The glass-domed roof drawing the eye to where God used to live. Another route took you towards the sex shops and pound stores and cheap Asian-made clothes. One direction pointed to the loyalist north, where commerce competed with the flag for men's affection, and peace walls, irony unintended, kept one out or in, depending on disposition. Belfast, a grubby cubist maze, beautiful in the way a deformed child is beautiful to its parents. Or stood in Cornmarket, his voice raised above the distant traffic and chatter of passers-by. At his side, a small group of compatriots, fellow sinners, gospel tracts in hand. It was a bright day, but Or's breath was visible in the cool air. He rubbed his hands together as he spoke. His voice was loud, but not belligerent. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh, and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. AND JESUS ANSWERED THEM, SAYING, THE HOUR IS COME, THAT THE SON OF MAN SHOULD BE GLORIFIED. VERILY, VERILY, I SAY UNTO YOU, EXCEPT A CORN OF WHEAT FALL TO THE GROUND AND DIE, IT ABIDETH ALONE. BUT IF IT DIE, IT BRINGETH FORTH MUCH FRUIT. HE THAT LOVETH HIS LIFE SHALL LOSE IT, AND HE THAT HATETH HIS LIFE IN THIS WORLD SHALL KEEP IT UNTO LIFE ETERNAL. OR WAS NOT THE ONLY PREACHER IN BELFAST if they should be written every one i suppose that even the world itself could not